Hi everyone and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness where we are determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. And every week on this podcast, I get so much pleasure and so much joy out of interviewing experts from around the world on all things related to health, wellness, our mind, body, and spirit, and how it all comes together. Well, today you're going to be hearing just from me, yours truly, Dr. Taz, and we're going to tackle one of the most common questions that I get in practice. Who can guess what that question might be? It's all about weight. It's about our metabolism and over and over again, why, oh, why can I not lose weight? I hear that from women of all shapes, sizes, ethnicities. It's one I probably ask myself from time to time too. We're definitely not leaning towards the skinny side in terms of our genetics. But look, this is a topic that affects our self-esteem, affects our health, and there's a place at which we need to jump in and go in all guns blazing. And there's also a point at which we need to have a certain amount of self-acceptance and understanding of where we might be. So let's tackle this topic of metabolism and weight and see what we really need to be thinking about. And when I talk about these issues, I think about so many of the faces that I've seen over the years in the practice and the questions they pose over and over again. Most of you have tried every diet, every plan, every detox, everything out there, keto, paleo, anti-inflammatory, prolon, you name it, you've tried it, but weight loss continues to be an issue. Well, here's what we need to be thinking about when it comes to the conversation around weight and metabolism. Rule number one, and you can't have any success if we don't follow rule number one. Rule number one is to understand that the gut is your metabolic center. It's really where everything happens from the standpoint of metabolic health. It's where food is digested. It's where food is broken down. It's the place where all the nutrients get delivered to the right places and hormones and help us to really become our superpower self. So when we're thinking about our metabolism and really shouldn't be thinking about any diet or any supplement, until we first start thinking about your gut health. All right, let's do a quick gut health checklist to see if maybe this is really where the energy needed to go and it's been ignored for all these years. So when we're thinking about the gut, do you have bloating? Do you have constipation or diarrhea? Do you have reflux? Do you feel too full, too fast? Or are you simply going for long hours of the day, not eating? Well, if you've answered any of those questions, then that means your metabolic engine, your gut is simply not working the way it should be. It's not so much even about the type of food, but it's simply about the fact that the gut's not doing its job. So what do you need to do? Here are the things that seem to help women and men as we sort of start to tackle the weight issue. Number one thing is to make sure you're healing and sealing that gut lining. So I love using things like glutamine to rebuild the gut lining, digestive enzymes that have lipase or even ox it to help you digest fats down a little bit better, using also a good probiotic. And one of the most common patterns I see when people start to gain weight, especially weight right here around the middle, is that they have an overgrowth or an overpopulation of yeast or candida, and that in turn is the reason why they're seeing you know, a lot of that belly weight. So candida, again, 
can be sort of conquered. We all have it. But when we take the right probiotics and balance out our gut microbiome, we can minimize that load of candida. So thinking about your gut health, understanding where it needs to be, digestive enzymes, the right probiotics, something like glutamine to rebuild the gut lining. And then of course, getting next into the food conversation and finding the foods for you, the foods that don't trigger inflammation, that you actually do digest well and can break down well. And here's a fun fact, the weaker your gut is, you're going to find a lot more foods that you simply can't break down and you can't digest. And that in turn can be a source of great frustration for many people that do food testing or food intolerance testing. And then they see all these foods on there and they're like, wait, I can't eat anything. This is not worth it. Where in actuality, it's the weakness of the gut that leads to that sort of elevated intolerance or inability to break certain foods down. But you do wanna see if there's one or two main food groups for you that really are responsible for why you might be holding on to weight or having a gut issue um, that's affecting your metabolic rate. Okay, so thinking about the gut was rule number one, thinking about food was rule number two, but thinking about food in the sense of how you digest the food, not whether food is good or bad. So here's where you've got to like dial in and get super intuitive because you know, if you're eating a particular food and an hour later or two hours later, you'll feel uncomfortable or bloated or tired. Well, simply not the right food for you. So start a little symptom diary maybe and start observing how you feel after your meals. And is there a pattern to that that you should be aware of? And then in turn, eliminate a certain food group. The ones we know for sure, you've got to lower sugar. You have to lower alcohol to under about four drinks per week, bringing gluten and dairy down to a serving or two a day at most, unless you're gluten or dairy intolerant, and then getting in a ton of fiber. I see so much debate over what type of diet to follow, but at the end of the day, it's really more about getting in that supplemental fiber to break all those foods down. And yes, you do get it from about six to eight servings of fruits and vegetables per day, but you may also want to think about adding in a tablespoon of ground flaxseed or chia seeds. These help to add additional fiber, even psyllium husk, and they help with sort of creating that metabolic superpower that is your digestive health. All right. So we've talked about gut health. We've talked about food, foods to take out, foods to pay attention to, and maybe even keep keeping a food and symptom diary to help you find the foods that are affecting you. Here's a fun story um, illustrating that my daughter has gotten really in to nutrition and food. It's been really fun to watch. Like she's, you know, paying attention to her macros. She thinks of herself as an athlete. And so she's counting all this stuff. And so she actually bought going with somebody else, bought a whey protein and, and brought it into the house and it smelled delicious. I've got to be honest, compared to a lot of the other proteins that are out there. So I'm like, let me try it. It smells good. Maybe I don't have an issue with this anymore. So sure enough, I make this whey protein shake. The next day I was up about four pounds on the scale. So I've always had an issue digesting and breaking dairy down. But again, it's just reinforcement that that particular food was very inflammatory for me. I can't can't do that, can't have that yummy whey protein. You have got to stick to the more vegan or hemp-based pea proteins combos to really get those protein numbers where they need to be, okay? So we've got the gut, we've got food. There's so many places I can go with food. I can probably talk about it forever. Let's not leave it quite yet. So we talked about the importance of fiber and we talked about the importance of getting in, you know, plenty of fruits and vegetables as a source of that fiber. But there are two other categories that a recent study talked about 
also. And that is the importance of protein, the importance of water, and how if we're not getting enough of those, we in turn either overconsume a lot of the carbohydrates and the junk carbohydrates, and we slow our metabolic rate down. The story with protein is interesting because again, you know, intermittent fasting was such a rage and I love intermittent fasting too, but for many women, we can't intermittent fast every single day. We have to cycle fast because what we're doing is we're sort of teaching the body to go into a hypometabolic state by not consuming foods at regular intervals. So ideally you want to eat, especially if you're trying to lose a lot of weight, you want to eat about 20 grams of protein every four hours, along with about 10 to 12 grams of fiber. And you want to eat that consistently in four hour chunks, drinking tons of water, about hundred ounces of water per day. And that in turn will help sort of stimulate this gut, which is your metabolic engine. All right. Hopefully that makes sense. The other reason to really focus or hone in on the protein is because we know that protein helps to preserve muscle mass. So not only does it keep blood sugar levels down and it keeps you fuller, but it absolutely helps to preserve muscle mass as well. And muscle is your other metabolic engine, right? So you've got the metabolic engine of the gut, you've got your muscle mass, which is your other metabolic engine. You want to keep both of those strong and fierce, and that in turn can help you to prevent weight gain as the years go by. I thought it was fascinating in a recent study that said it's not our age. Nope, sorry, it's not our age. It's not really any of that. It's not even hormones or menopause, this particular study said. I was so mad at it. I was like, you can't be right, there's no way. But essentially it said it's not our age, it's not menopause, it's not perimenopause that's making us fat. It's a dramatic change in our lifestyle. We don't eat as much, or if we eat, we're eating the wrong foods or we're eating unconsciously. We're much less active. We're not getting the protein that we need. And so metabolism is going downhill. So again, really rev up. If you're worried about weight, if you're worried about your metabolism, if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, or even 60, these are the rules to be thinking about. Fix the gut first, that's step one. Then start thinking about food and tracking food and being aware of what you're doing. As you graduate from that, then really work on getting the protein, water, and fiber in. And then as you graduate from that, where do you go next? Well, then next, we need to think about the third metabolic engine, right? So your gut was the first one. The second one was muscle. The third is your hormones. So really getting those hormones balanced is critical because then if they're not, all the hard work you're doing simply does not pay off. I've met so many women just in tears, crying and upset because, you know, they're doing all this hard work. They're putting the work in, right? They're doing Orange Theory or they're, you know, waking up super early to work out, working out again later and nothing's changing. Nothing is budging and it's so demoralizing, but that's where you've got to look at all the different metabolic engines of the body. You've got to look and make sure you've done the work for the gut. You're really working on muscle mass and next that you're really balancing your hormones. We know that when women lose estrogen, progesterone and testosterone, it is harder. I don't care what any study says. It is harder to lose weight. It is harder to build muscle, but we have to just work harder. Honestly, if you look at the women that are super fit after 50, they work their butts off. Most of it is not natural, you know, and certainly not sitting around all day long. They're having to work at it. So again, thinking about how do we keep these hormones balanced and how do you optimize them? All the other hormones around this, for example, looking at, um, looking at 
your other hormones, including thyroid and adrenal hormones, cortisol, all of those play a role in what your metabolic rate is doing and how it is going to be influenced. Now, here's the biggest trap I see over and over again for women. They will come to me with a weight question. They will assume it is all rooted in their hormones, all of it. The entire conversation is rooted in their hormones. But here's the deal. Weight loss is one of the most sort of holistic issues because you have to tackle it almost from every angle to get a desired result. So you have to tackle the things we've already talked about. But when we're talking about hormone balance, guess where we go next? We talk about sleep. So many people are not sleeping through the night. They're not falling asleep. They're not staying asleep. Maybe you're having hot flashes. Maybe you're having night sweats, but that in itself will contribute to high cortisol, which creates high insulin, which makes you store belly fat and then defeats your body's ability to burn fat, leaving you frustrated and tired. And I don't want that for you and neither does anyone else. So making sure you are sleeping, you are falling asleep and that you are staying asleep is a huge part of the metabolic equation. How do you do that? Well, little things make a difference, right? Creating a good sleep environment, being able to remove electronics, relaxing music, sounds, getting the temperature where it's cool because we sleep better when it's a little bit cooler. And then taking things, things like magnesium, you know, right before bedtime helps calm the nervous system down. One of my personal favorites, you know, I have Sleep Savior from the East West Way, which is magnesium, you know, melatonin and magnolia bark all together because we know magnolia bark helps with falling asleep and also helps with staying asleep. We also know that there sometimes is a need for hormones. So women, when they're low in progesterone, will often need progesterone supplementation to help in turn, you know, get them to bring that cortisol down, help them to fall asleep and help them to stay asleep. So there's a hormonal conversation around sleep as well. And it's interesting, cortisol and the variations of cortisol throughout the journey of your life absolutely disrupt your metabolism. I've been through this time and time again, where I've gone through a stressful phase at various times, even down into my twenties. And sure enough, all of a sudden I'm gaining weight rapidly again. And here's what's happening there. The, the output of stress hormones and the output of cortisol is in turn driving insulin up. And when insulin goes up, we store, right? That's our storage hormones. That gives us kind of this middle belly fat or fat right here on the sides or on the back that so many, so many women and men, quite honestly, complain about. So your hormones are your metabolic engine as well, but they regulate a vital function when it comes to weight loss and weight management, which is in turn your sleep and the quality and the consistency of your sleep. While you are evaluating your sleep, if you are still waking up groggy and waking up tired, then we know that you may need not just an evaluation of your hormones, but you might actually need a sleep study because we're finding more and more that if you're not oxygenating well, if there have been structural changes through here, then that in turn will affect the quality of your sleep. Again, my daughter got me into these trackers, right? So I had a little, I'm not wearing it today, but I had a little Fitbit tracker and I was tracking the quality of my sleep. And I overall do a decent job. I don't sleep a lot, but when I sleep, I get about an hour and a half of REM sleep and an hour and a half roughly of deep sleep. And both of those are what we need to bring cortisol down, to keep our hormones balanced and to keep our pituitaries happy. So just get the cheapest tracker you can find if you don't want to do a big sleep study and go ahead and sort of figure out if 
you know, you're having issues with deep sleep or REM sleep, if it's REM sleep, it's typically usually more hormones, nutrition, sleep environment. If it's deep sleep that you're not getting enough of, then oftentimes that's linked back to structural issues. And you may want to get your airway or your adenoids or some of that stuff checked out as well. So sleep is critical. The other metabolic engine, I probably would call it. So we've talked about four, just to recap, hopefully you're still with me and you are listening to the solo podcast episode. We call it Dr. Taz Talks where we tackle different issues, bring in different stories to kind of round out the picture and the sea of amazing experts that I get to interview every single week. We've talked about your weight, your metabolism, and what your metabolic engines may be, the gut being number one, your food number two. We talked about your third metabolic engine as your muscle mass and kind of what's happening there and how food in the gut influence that. The fourth one is your hormones. And I would say the last, but certainly not the least one is your sleep and your sleep cycle and how that in turn is related to cortisol levels, insulin levels, and then gaining weight. So those are your metabolic engines. And you kind of like a car need all those engines cranking in the right direction to make sure your metabolic rate is going up while your insulin is going down. And that's where we've seen tremendous results in practice and has truly made a difference. Now, I mentioned muscle mass, but I didn't break it down for you guys enough, but we do want to build muscle. And many of you tell me that you're walking or you're doing a lot of yoga or Pilates, which I love. It's just a, a passion for me. But here's the thing, to build muscle, we have to get in there and do some weights. We have to have that resistance training. It really is the best way to build some weights, especially as we start to lose hormones over the years and helps us to stay metabolically active as well. So if you're a walker, if you're a yogi, if you're a Pilates devotee like me, it's okay. Just add in 20 minutes twice a week of strength training and watch your metabolism soar. All right, so we've covered all the different metabolic engines. We've covered what you need to do and what you need to be tracking in terms of your own physicality to understand kind of what to do with your weight. Now, if you want to get even more scientific about it, and I know you guys all do, let me talk through a couple of labs that might be helpful for you to have checked as you're going through this journey. So the first is looking at a fasting insulin level, a hemoglobin A1C, and even a leptin level. Leptin is again, our appetite hormone. Leptin levels, again, influence sort of how hungry we are or if we feel full. And here's the thing we know, the higher the leptin level, women become more insulin resistant and men and store fat more easily. So we wanna bring those levels down. We can also look at things like, you know, where overall is, is your candida, where what's happening there. And of course, checking all the different hormones, I think is important too. I love using, I think some of you might've seen this, a continuous glucose monitor. You literally slap that right in to the side of your arm and you can take measurements as frequently as you'd like. And that in turn will help you know, sort of understand what you're doing. And I tell this personal story all the time about the glucose mon monitor. I wore it a couple of months ago and it was so interesting because, you know, my glucose numbers were roughly in the eighties here in Atlanta. I go off to vacation in Mexico. I'm not eating the right foods or following anything real strictly, but my stress level was down pretty significantly. And what I found from that was that my blood sugar levels were even lower. Like I was actually doing better there running at lower blood sugar levels, lower insulin levels than I was here in Atlanta where I'm focused and like trying to, trying to do things right all the time. So again, a huge testament to stress and the impact that stress has 
on our bodies. All right, so for anyone out there who's struggling with weight and struggling with you know, what to do with your metabolism and how to lose weight and what the best diet is and what the best plan is and, and where do you begin? My answer back would be your plan needs a holistic approach. It needs a comprehensive approach that understands you and can really put the pieces of you back together. But everyone needs a roadmap. They need a place to start. So what I'm trying to present today is sort of that initial thought process that there are multiple metabolic engines. You kind of get, have to get them all cranked up in alignment. We have the gut, we have your food, we have muscle mass, hormonal balance, sleep. Again, all of these are critical in keeping your metabolism up and humming and really helping you to get to a place where your diet and your lifestyle pays off for you to actually lose weight. And I think that's a ton of information there. I could probably go on on this topic for another hour, but I'll stop there. We'll continue. This is a series about your metabolism, your weight, what works and what doesn't work. I will be doing another episode, a solo Dr. Taz Talks episode on diet confusion and what each diet may mean for you. But in the interim, if you're waiting on the edge of your seat and you want some information even faster than that, well, check out my book, The Superwoman RX. Take the power type test. When you take that test, it matches you to a particular type and it gives you sort of like a meal plan to follow for roughly 21 to 28 days. So at least you have a starting point while you're working on putting this information together. And that also is online on my website at drtaz.com. All right, I'll stop there. I'm happy to take any questions that you may have along the way. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dr. Taz Talks on Superwoman Wellness. And if there are other episodes or other topics that you'd like me to tackle all by my little self, please let us know. Be sure to email me at hello at drtaz.com. Again, that's doctor spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-T-A-Z.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate and review it and share it with your friends. I will see you all next time. <music>